Storytelling is marketing's oxygen. Your brand cannot survive without it. Hi, my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, a global digital marketing agency. I have mastered the art of storytelling and marketing strategy from the greatest storyteller of all time. Yes, girl, you got that right. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. The Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast is here to help faith-based content creators create a universal community within their online business that sparks engagement, prompts actions, and generates income using lessons from the only business book you really need, your Bible. Let's begin. Hey, and welcome back to another faithful, faith-fueled podcast episode. I have way too much coffee. <laughs> if you are new to my podcast, welcome. And if you skip past that intros, no worries. I do it all the time if I listen to you a lot. <laughs> but if you skip past it, you would not know who in the world I was. So my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, which is a global digital marketing agency, business marketing educational platform, and faith-based community for adventurous fempreneurs who love to mix business with adventure. And if that sounds like a community you want to be a part of, then you will love this podcast because it's all about mixing faith with business. So finally, we are in the last episode of this new series that I created called Spiritual Gifts and Business. And the first episode, I explained to you what spiritual gifts were, the three categories they fall under, and then I went in depth on the last category, which was motivational or task-oriented gifts. I then listed the seven motivational gifts and explained how they differ from natural gifts. Then in the last episode, which was episode two of this series, I talked about the three ways to determine what your spiritual gift is. So now we made it to the last episode in this series, and this episode is all about how to use your spiritual gift to its full potential within your business or entrepreneurship career. So if you have not listened to the past two episodes, you may be completely lost. So please, please, please go listen to those last two episodes before you begin this one, because honestly, you're not going to understand what the hell I'm saying in this episode if you don't listen to those first two. Um... As always, I do want to start off this podcast with a scripture that is going to be the foundation of this ep- of this uh, podcast episode and kind of for this series as well. I shared this verse in the first episode, but I do want to share it again because it just has so much value for what we're going to talk about today. So I am reading the New International Version. You can pick whatever version of the Bible is best for you. I will be reading the New International Version. So let's go ahead and look at 1 Peter. In 1 Peter, we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. And I'm going to read to you what it says. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> okay, so 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. I'm sorry, with the strength that God provides so that, sorry, I'm turning the page here. (laughs) Okay, so that all things 
God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So what that scripture basically says is basically use your gift. Once you find out what your gift is and you have a true understanding of how impactful your gift can be within the Christian community, within your church, as well as within your entrepreneurship career, use it. Um, That's why God has given it to you because ultimately he wants you to spread truth through your work, through your spiritual gift to bring more people back to him. So use your gift, guys. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, so now that you know what your spiritual gift is, because in the last two episodes, that was kind of your homework. <laughs> you spoke to God, he gave you an answer, and you took the quiz to learn a little bit more about your gift. If you don't know what quiz I'm talking about, I talk about it in episode two. And you can also access that quiz on the podcast notes. If you go to www.themarketingprofit.com, then click on podcast, look for episode two in the series. And there is a quiz there that will help you understand more about your spiritual gift once you have a confirmation from God what your spiritual gift is. Now I want you to use this episode I want to use this episode to go over each gift and talk to you about the strengths and possible weaknesses your motivational or task-oriented gift brings to the world of business. Now, you're going to hear me say motivational gift or task-oriented gifts. And just like in the last few episodes, I use them interchangeably, but they both mean the same thing. I want to start off listing the seven spiritual gifts again, which are the gift of prophecy, the gift of mercy, the gift of administration, the gift of service, the gift of giving, the gift of teaching, and the spiritual gift of exhortation. So I know I have the spiritual gift of administration. Oh, excuse me. I felt it in my heart. I asked God to confirm it for me. And then I took that quiz I told you about in the last episode, in which I just mentioned a few minutes ago, and I got the same result. Uh, I basically got the same answer that God told me. I also have two more spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts that are less dominant. So every Christian has... Well, every saved Christian, so a Christian that accepted Jesus into their life and has been saved, you all have one dominant spiritual gift. And sometimes you will have supplementary gifts. So I have one dominant gift, as you do too, and I also have two supplemental gifts. But remember, no one has all seven gifts. So my other two gifts are teaching and prophecy. I actually wasn't aware of these other two gifts until I took this quiz and it felt right on the spot and then I asked God to confirm and he has confirmed that person that personally to me through the passions I love to do in my life and in my business. So now let's break down what each spiritual gift means, its strengths and weaknesses, and how to use your spiritual gift in in your business. I'm actually going to be reading this information off of Church Growth's website. This is the same website that has the quiz. It's easier for me and beneficial for you so that I don't miss out on anything about your particular gift. And I want to make sure I go over everybody's gift in detail. I'll have the link to the spiritual gifts guide in the show notes on my podcast page. So just once again, go to www.themarketingprofit.com, then click on podcast and look for this episode. 
So first, uh, let's go into administrator. We'll talk about that gift first because one is my dominant gift and it may be yours as well. As an administrator, you are a take charge person who jumps in and starts giving orders when no one is in charge. You will put a plan on paper and start delegating responsibility. You may lean toward organizing things, events or programs or toward organizing people emphasizing personal relationships and leadership responsibilities. In the first case, you usually organize details and have people carry them out. In the second case, you tend to organize people and rely on others to take care of the little things. You don't often admit to mistakes and you do not like to take time to explain why you are doing things. You just expect the job to get done. If things in the church, office, club, etc. become fragmented, you can harmonize the whole program if given a chance. You are a person with a dream and you are not afraid to attempt the impossible. You are are goal-oriented, well-disciplined, and work best under heavy pressure. You are often a good motivator and not a procrastinator. You are serious-minded, highly motivated, intense, and have an accurate self-image. You tend to be more interested in the welfare of the group than your own desire. You probably you are probably a perfectionist and want things done your way now. Although to others you appear to be organized, you usually aren't. Be careful that you do not make decisions just based on logic rather than scripture. Work on your willingness to admit to making a mistake and on being more sensitive to quote-unquote, little people, try to be a little more tolerant of other people's mistakes as well. Now, beware of Satan. If you have the gift of administration, beware of Satan's attack on your gift because he can cause pride um, through your leadership role. He can cause selfishness because of success, like not sharing um, glory with those under you. He can cause blame shifting when things go wrong. He can cause discouragement and frustration when goals are not met. Anger and mistreatment of those who disagree with your plans. He can cause lack of concern for people or the lack of spiritual growth and wrong motives. As a person with the spiritual gift of administration, you may work well as the leader of a project, a ministry or a program, a chairman of a committee or board, a planner or chairman of building or fundraising projects. For the church, you may serve well being a pastor assistant pastor, a Sunday school superintendent, fellowship group or missionary circle leader, a library manager, camp director, church moderator, bus ministry director, a nursery coordinator, or a vacation Bible school director, and more. Now, outside of the church, you would do amazing as an entrepreneur or business manager, uh, office manager, or like a department head for a large staff. So, as a person you actually as a person who has the spiritual gift of administration when it comes to entrepreneurship it comes very natural to you uh you are a natural born leader so honestly with that gift you will do well in business but you really just need to make sure that your success or your uh, motivations for success don't get to you and are not like encrypted with or are um, show weakness when it comes to Satan trying to attack you. So that's about the spirit of administration. Now, if you have the spirit of prophecy, let's talk about that. So 
the uh, the gift of prophecy, which is actually also my secondary spiritual gift. Prophecy does not mean you are supposed to have visions of the future. Okay, um, it means you are a quote unquote forth teller. So telling or speaking forth the mind of God, boldly preaching, speaking, and teaching God's word. If you have the spirit of prophecy, you are very discerning. One who points out sin with the goal of making people aware of sin in their lives so well that they repent. A prophet in full-time Christian service may be a preacher who often travels to churches, um, who loves traveling because you want to meet different people and impact different people more than just the people in your local community. Um, You love mission trips. You have the spirit-given capacity and desire to serve God by proclaiming his truth anywhere around the world if it's possible. As a prophet, you have an ability to see that which is wrong. In fact, you tend to easily spot what is wrong and have to look to find something right. You probably spend much time praying and even weeping over the sins of the church and for those who have yet to accept Christ. You have a great burden over the sinful condition of the world around you. And because of this, you take every opportunity to proclaim that everyone must repent or perish. You have a strong sense of duty and are very opinionated, impatient, and likely more depressed or serious than lighthearted about life. You enjoy being alone, but would rather be in a group than to relate to people one-on-one. You desire to speak publicly. You are able to make quick decisions and want things done right. You do not like in-depth study. You are likely hardworking, devoted, able to discern people's motives and character, and are willing to stand up for what is right. Other people may think you are demanding, that you enjoy hurting people's feelings, and that you have no understanding. Uh, One of your greatest challenges is to keep a spirit of love. Uh, remember to always speak the truth in love. That's from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. And don't be judgmental. If you keep a tender, loving heart, you will be a blessing in your home, in your church, to individuals within your community as an entrepreneur. Uh, you can make a real impact on their spirituality. So be careful to let the Holy Spirit convict people rather than trying to convict them yourself. That is not your job, okay? Work on being positive, patient, and tactful. Now, if you have the gift of prophecy, you need to be also aware of Satan's attack on your gift because he may try to cause a lack of compassion and forgiveness within you. He can cause he can bring discouragement because of the unrepentant attitudes by others. He can entice you to fall into the very sins you speak against or cause pride and self-righteousness over lack of certain sins. So how can you use this gift of prophecy within the church and within your business? So there are seven there are several avenues in which you can carry out the gift of prophecy. One is revival speak so within the church, one is revival speaking. Um it's certainly a fitting ministry. You can pastor well if you have a secondary gift of of like a teaching or like a shepherd. You are a great help in problem solving for a church with a sin problem. In the church, you could also serve in teaching on gospel teams and prison ministry in migrant ministry and in counseling to help bring awareness of a sin in person's life. Now, if you now within business as an entrepreneur, you can speak at conferences and retreats. You would do well at serving. Um, you would do well at speaking at conferences and retreats. You would serve well as one who promotes causes to believe in, stand up for those who have been wrong, teach God's word, or provides counsel to other. 
Also, depending on your secondary gift and most dominant gift and your abilities, you may serve as one who initiates actions, plan events, acts as a mediator to get to the points and come up with a plan of action, counsel those who have fallen away and need need help getting on track, help raise funds and speak uh, for humanitarian organizations or work as an advocate for children or victims of crimes. As a community, as a committee member of ministry uh, planning, as a prayer and accountability accountability partner, or as a Bible teacher. So, with the spiritual gift of prophecy, you actually have a, a lot of opportunities to use your gift within the church and with as an entrepreneur. Now, let's dive into the third gift, which is the gift, the spiritual gift of teaching, which this is actually my third gift. So the Greek word for teacher, and I'm going to probably butcher this, but the Greek word for teacher is didaskalos, which means master, teacher, or doctor. As a teacher, you are one who communicates knowledge, guides, makes known, or relays facts. You are more likely you are likely more in depth than the average Sunday school teacher. You have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by making clear the truth of God's word with accuracy. As a teacher, you live to learn and teach or perhaps write if you teach through a, like a written medium, especially with an entrepreneurship, if you're like a blog writer or something. You should learn to teach in two manners, which may be contrary to your nature. The material must be simple to students so they can understand it and must be practical the um you love as a person with the spirit of teaching you love god's word you enjoy reading you may be a little shy of strangers but you are creative and imaginative and prefer teaching groups over individuals you are generally confident self-disciplined and sometimes technical you probably love charts graphs and lists You would sometimes rather just do research, but must teach because others would not teach in the way that you would. The use of a verse out of context upsets you and you question the knowledge of those who teach you. You are organized and enjoy studying. You are so concerned with accuracy that you dwell on the trivial, giving others the feeling that you give too many details. Some may even think you are (laughs) boring. (laughs) Uh, Be careful that you are not critical of people who are different with your doctrine and that you do not measure other people's spirituality by their amount of Bible knowledge. Okay, that is a no-no. Just because they don't know as much as you about the Bible does not mean you can judge them. So be willing to listen as well as talk. Don't hesitate to read directions and work on developing tolerance for others' mistakes. So... Um, your tendency will be to relay knowledge and not shepherd or minister to others, to the others needs of your students. People who usually have the gift of teaching, uh, in vocational service usually become teachers of teachers, or they become professors, authors, or in-depth researchers. So how can you use this gift within the church community and within entrepreneurship within your business? You don't necessarily have to teach the Bible to be a help to the church ministry, although you can help with interpretation or teaching uh, teachers and others. You may teach in others, others such as education, business, finance, or computers. You may enjoy writing and developing curriculum. 
Now, as an entrepreneur with the spiritual gift of teaching, you will do well in developing courses, conducting master classes, or doing live classes on a subject that is dear to you to educate others on. So start diving into writing courses that will benefit your audience in the long run or hold a live discussion like a Q&A where your audience can ask you, the expert, on miscellaneous topics under a certain field you feel knowledgeable in. In the church, you will probably serve well as a Bible Institute teacher or a correspondence course instructor. Your gift also lends itself to the mission field where you could serve as a missionary teacher You may want to teach a basic doctrine course to newcomers or new Christians or host quarterly small group studies on different topics. You may also enjoy doing research for the pastor or others who teach. Um, Building Now, within the church, building an effective team in your church depends on putting the right people in the right places. So the best way to determine what place each person belongs belongs in is determined through everyone's spiritual gift, but just discovering your spiritual gift as a teacher is uh, not enough. Sometimes having a secondary gift like administration, you're not only you can teach, but you can delegate as well. Now let's talk about the next spiritual gift, which is the gift of the giver. So I'm gonna drink some coffee real quick, guys, because my mouth is getting so dry. Okay. Okay, so if you are a giver or you have the spirit of giving, you have the spirit giving capacity and desire to serve God by giving of your material resources. This is far beyond tithing to further the work of God. You are the person who meets the financial needs of fellow Christians and church members or people in your entrepreneurship community. The Greek word, I'm totally going to butcher this, but the Greek word for, um, well, the Greek word meta didadomi means to give over or to share or to give or to impart. Excuse me. The important thing here is not to spiritualize and explain away this gift because some say that this gift refers to giving of yourself and your time, that it doesn't really mean giving money or material resources. However, on the contrary, givers honestly feel that the best way they can give of themselves is to give of their material gain for the work of God. They feel that since God gave them the ability to make money, they should oh i'm sorry they should use it to give back to god and his work everyone should tithe but the giver goes far and beyond beyond the tithe and so just think about the giver and the story so in episode two of the series i gave you a story and i gave you characters for each of these gifts and remember the giver was the person who offered when the person when you dropped the cake because you were the main person in the story when you dropped the cake the giver was the main person that said don't even worry about it like i'll just buy you a new cake you don't have to pay me back so they really just use their financial um gifts to give back these scriptures point out giving as one of the gifts actually in romans 12 the giver is encouraged to give in simplicity and that's also in romans 12 verse 8 Most Christians with the gift of giving do so without fanfare and public recognition. So they don't do it. So they don't do it for on display. Usually it's an instant quiet and secret. 
Um, in fact, givers usually do not wish for people to know who they are or how much is given. Like to them, it doesn't matter. Like all it does is matters to God and it matters to them that they did what they needed to do. Givers have the attitude that tithing is the outward evidence of an inward commitment. So tithing is not giving 10%, it's receiving 90%. It is, it is a commandment for all Christians. The gift of giving starts where tithing ends. So this is how the person who has the spiritual gift of giving, this is how they think. So givers would look with disapproval on the person who gives with the wrong motive, basically giving to get. So an example would be trying to intimidate God into returning the monetary gift. They would not encourage giving up grocery money, but would agree with giving the money that was saved toward a new flat screen TV for more urgent, worthy, or eternal purposes. Their motive for giving is also to further the, further the work of God and not to show off, but through some might think otherwise of them. So givers must observe for guidelines. So if you have the spirit of giving, you do not love riches. You give for the right reason. You make giving your reason for gaining wealth and you keep your spiritual life strong and consistent with God. Within business as an entrepreneur with the spiritual gift of giving, you would do well in creating funds that give back. You can partner with charities that are dear to you where proceeds of your sales goes to the charity. You can create your own charity. You can participate in monthly giveaways where you give one of your services away for free to a certain amount of people or offer free products from your product suite to those who really need it but may not be able to afford it. So now let's talk about the spiritual gift of mercy. So if you have the spiritual gift of mercy, you have the spirit given capacity and desire to serve God by identifying with and comforting those who are in distress. You are the person who understands and comforts fellow Christians. So the Greek word elos means to feel sympathy with or for others. People with the spiritual gift of mercy are comforters who and comforters who enter into the grief or happiness of others having the ability to show empathy. To show empathy goes beyond sympathy now because sympathy feels for others while empathy empathy feels with others. Empathizers emotionally go through what the victim goes through. They minister to the sick, the poor, the mentally challenged, the prisoners, the blind, the aged, the homeless, etc. They are willing to deal with people and minister to these people who have needs that most people feel very uncomfortable working with. If you have the spirit of mercy, you seem to always say the right thing at the right time. These are the people who are called on first when they hurt when they hurt I'm sorry they are the ones people call first when they hurt because something bad happens or when they feel great because of some good thing happening to them when there is death mercy showers are the first to be at the house holding someone's hand or fixing a meal when there is a promotion on the job where a large amount of money comes in a person with the spirit of mercy is the person who hugs and jumps up and down with the person. Mercy showers are generally not found teaching Sunday school or leading a group since their personality is one of soft spoken love. They are not usually leaders since they would hurt too much if they had to scold someone or push to get the job done. People love mercy showers because of all the love they receive from them. 
Some people think people with the spirit of mercy are weak or they're compromisers, but they usually have some strong beliefs and principles. It's just that they do not like hurting someone's feelings, so they do not express them very often. Some people also have a tendency to see people with the gift of mercy as easygoing. Um, mercy showers are full of prayer requests at any prayer meeting. They are they're close to those who are hurting. So when do people with the spirit of mercy best use their gift? So in times of sorrow and in times of great joy, people with this gift often use it in conjunction with another gift in the area. If you have service as a gift, uh, like a deacon would have that or a youth worker or a hospital visitation minister, that they get the context they really want people who need their sympathy and a shoulder to cry on. People with the spirit of mercy, excuse me, um, actually should probably take or consider taking a counseling course since they are sympathetic, they tend to not bring the necessary changes into a person's life to correct the problems that require the counseling. The other alternative is to develop a list of people to whom they can refer people who need counseling or help. That way they can offer sympathy and understanding and allow someone else to bring about that necessary change. For example, uh, if there were, if they, if somebody who had the spirit of mercy were to encounter a person who has a problem because of the presence of a known sin, it will be good for somebody with the spirit of mercy to find prophets who can confront the sin, or people who have the spirit of exhortation who can give steps to solving the problem. The team concept of counseling is to use gifted people where their gift will do the most good. So, as an entrepreneur, and if you have this, the spiritual gift of mercy, you would actually do great doing business in the health field as a health worker or a counselor or a caregiver or as a coach. As an entrepreneur with the gift of mercy, um, I consider you looking into coaching, specifically life coaching. Take a passion you have and turn it into a life coaching business. For example, if you have a passion for mindset and self-care you and you have the spiritual gift of mercy, you can be a mindset and self-care coach for a specific group of people. People with the spiritual gift of mercy have a sincere desire to help people and the ability to sympathize and empathize with people, often putting themselves in the other person's shoes. Sometimes they are dragged down by taking other people's problems home with them. So if you have the spiritual gift of mercy, it's very important that you do build some barriers on their feelings and establish strong biblical principles to prevent Satan from using the gift as a stumbling block before the Holy Spirit can use it as a stepping stone. So let's now talk about the gift of service. So if you have the spiritual gift of the server or service, you have the spiritual given capacity and desire to serve God by rendering practical help in both physical and spiritual matters. So you are the person who meets the practical needs of fellow Christians and the church. People with this gift enjoy manual projects, honestly. They are not the kings. They do not even want to be the kings. They are happy working behind the scenes. They are the, let's say, they are the quote-unquote king makers. So servers are not people who believe that since they can do nothing else in the church, they must have the gift of serving. So that attitude would actually belittle the gift and would be an insult to the person who has the gift of serving. There are no uh, menial tasks in God's work, okay? Every spiritual gift is very in person. Yes, the gift of service to others may look like the 
the lesser of the gifts but keep in mind that the gift of service is actually a really really good gift as of all the gifts are um so for example servers are going to be the people who paint the walls they pick up the trash they're they clean the baptistry they keep the nursery clean they bake the cakes they cook the meals they paint the signs they drive the buses and a million one other necessary task in order to keep the church running or in order to keep your business running they can always be found late in the evening doing some seemingly small job like fixing the public address speaker that didn't work last sunday they usually do not realize that their love for the Lord shows every time the doors of the church are open, especially if they oiled the now quiet hinges last week. To them, that's like their service is an act of love to, towards God. Now, as an entrepreneur with the spiritual gift of serving, you will do well in working in the background to help businesses or other entrepreneurs grow and be successful. You can provide services to others that make running their business easier. So, for example, this can be a graphic designer, a website developer, a tax attorney, a business lawyer, a business auditor, and way, way more. And now let's talk about the last gift, which is the gift of exhortation. If you are an exhorter, you have the spiritual given capacity and desire to serve God by motivating others to action, by urging them to pursue a course of conduct. You are the how-to teacher explaining how to apply God's word to everyday life. So there's another Greek word I want to tell you about, which is called parakaleo, and this means to admonish, it means to encourage, to beseech. So a person with the spiritual gift of exhortation is a quote-unquote how-to person. So everything he or she teaches revolves around telling people how to do it. Although the gift of exhortation has a different motivation than the gift of teaching, it is still a teaching gift. Um, the people who exhorter, so people who have the spiritual gift of exhortation, often make the best counselors because they are willing to spend time with people and give them practical steps to solve their problems. They can also be they can also see the big picture, so they can see the problem to to the solution. So exhorters are people of practical application yet are very result oriented. Okay, everything they do must be done on a practical basis. They are not very interested in theology or doctrine, but in the practical aspects of the scriptures. This practically comes from a desire to teach people how to solve problems and make the necessary changes to be a more mature Christian. They also have a strong belief that God's word has the answer for every problem. So ex-hoarders have a step for everything. If you go to them with a problem, they might say, do ABC, come back next week for DEF, and then the next week, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so ex-hoarders are very simplified people who do not like a lot of details. They just give enough detail to get the job done. If you have the spiritual gift of exhortation, you often end up teaching seminars for Christian workers, helping them achieve more in their ministries. They also make excellent teachers in Bible colleges or seminaries in the areas of practical methodology. Exhorters are also encouragers. Uh, the synonym for exhort include such words such as admonish, persuade, instigate, urge, and appeal. So these words carry a sense of urgency. When exhorters instruct how to live and how to solve problems or to carry out God's work, they usually also encourage the listeners to quote unquote get with it <laughs> and put the plan to work. 
Another aspect of this gift involves what is commonly called motivation. So true motivation comes from within a person, right? But exhorters are usually able to trigger that inner motivation through encouragement, excitement, and enthusiasm. So people with the spiritual gift of exhortation are usually more interested in the positive than the negative, and they seldom use, quote unquote, thou shalt not, thou shalt not as a way to get people to act. But instead, they use ideas and methods that make the right way seem better to that person than the wrong way. Or they are able to make the right way more exciting and practical. So they are the encouragers and the cheerleaders of a team. So basically, as an exhorter, you love to cheer people on. You have a natural gift of negotiation and you love to help people see more of the good than the bad. So as an entrepreneur with the spiritual gift of exhortation, you will work well with being a business mentor or therapy for business owners. You will do great with um, a community. So think about building your own community or membership where you can consistently cheer a select group of people on and then guide them through their business journey with actionable steps that will help them succeed and see the good in any struggle that may come across. Woo! Okay. <laughs> We've finally gone through all the gifts and I have gave you an in-depth profile of each. By this episode, you should definitely have an idea of and sureness of your gifts. And now you have an idea on what path in your business is best to take. So just to recap, gifts are a special ability given by the Holy Spirit through a born again Christian to the people of God for the purpose of spreading the awareness or glory I'm sorry, the the awareness of glory of God throughout the earth. So here's some bullet points to keep in mind um, throughout these three episodes in the Spiritual Gifts for Business series. Uh, spiritual gifts are only for born-again Christians. Spiritual gifts are gifts to the church through individuals. Spiritual gifts are fueled by the fruit of the Spirit. Spiritual gifts are governed and directed by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts enable us to worship God through our work and spiritual gifts can produce eternal results and rewards. So I loved doing this series and if you enjoyed this series, I would love to know or have any feedback. Comment what your spiritual gift is, okay? I want to know if anyone else shares the same gifts as me and also I'm just very curious on what your spiritual gift is. So make sure you rate this episode if you found value in it and share it with someone you love who really needs to learn about their spiritual gift and then start putting it into action to do their work for God within their church community and within their entrepreneurship career. So as always, I'm going to send you off with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you once again for giving me the platform to be able to teach your word on the spiritual gifts and how to use them within the person who is listening on the other end, how to use it within their business. I thank you so much, Lord, for giving me the spiritual gift of administration, teaching, and prophecy in order to talk about this podcast and relate it to the people listening so they understand what their spiritual gifts and they can use it as well. I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast now uses and understands what power their spiritual gift have and start using it in their church community today and start using it within their entrepreneurship community today. 
I pray that you give them courage, Lord. I pray that you give them wisdom to use their spiritual gifts right. And I pray that you block the negativity that comes from Satan when it comes to attacking these gifts. These are precious gifts, Lord, and Satan is jealous of these gifts. And he wants to misuse the gifts you have given to us through the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you hold strong on to the people listening on the other end as well as me, Lord. And you make sure that they have a strong mindset. You give them wisdom. You give them encouragement. You give them strength, Lord, that they they use the spiritual gifts in the right way to serve your purpose for them and their life, Lord, and to bring more people back to you, God, through their community and through their entrepreneurship career. Thank you so much, Lord, for gifting us with these gifts that you did not have to give to us at all. As born-again Christians, it is our duty, Lord, to live our purpose on our life for you, Lord. We are here to do your work through our passions you have given us since we were born before we were born. Thank you so much, Lord. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Spiritual Gifts and Business series. I loved filming the series. I love talking about the series. I learned a lot myself in the series, and I hope you learned a lot as well. Once again, share this episode, comment, please rate if you found all this information very valuable. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. God bless and have a good day.